How's it going? Everybody's doing good out here, all right? Look at that. Something's happening. It's live on the website. So that's good. At least I can see myself. I, I don't hear myself or anything, but I can see myself. So uh, maybe I can share that. Look at that. Something's happening. Look at that. It's live on the website. Look at that. All right. If you go as far as you want to go, go as far as you can uh, without having any kind of a mental breakdown. (laughs) I know what this is like because I've done it with so many people and they really are concerned about it. Miss Rose, you're not participating? (laughs) I'm. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, teach too, so it's not just this, but okay. I believe we're all good now. Um, all right. So if you want to check the group just to see if I my sharing worked. Okay. All right, everybody, if you're seeing us in the Facebook group now or later, we were having some technical difficulties, so we're back. Okay. So, how are we doing? Everybody at least did the first page? You're, like, wondering what these questions are. They're so crazy. (laughs) Chris Chris is like, really? I know. It's okay. Just answer whatever your mind can handle. It's good. It's all right. This is for every level of wherever you are. So when it's one-on-one, I do it a little bit more tender. But this is a big group. So, (laughs) Um, Has anybody ever asked you these questions about yourself? But isn't it good that you have it now? I wouldn't have been ready yet (laughs) 40 years ago. I would have been just a few years old, <laughs> but I probably was doing this with other people though at that age. Now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> so here's what we want. Okay, so you answered these questions. Let's. It's all right. Just stop wherever you are. Let me talk to you for a minute. I, I just stirred up your brain, and you're like, somebody help me. <laughs> this whole series that we're doing, okay? It's called How to Not Miss the Mark of your purpose. Missing the mark is a big deal, okay? It's, you're not just here to be a good person and live a good life. You're here to actually hit a target. And you're, and there's a target for you to hit anywhere you go. So you could be dropped in the middle of the desert. And if humans show up, there's a target for you to hit concerning them, right? So this is how I want you to think about this, okay? So 
We're going to talk about how to not hit, how to hit the mark of your purpose, okay? How to hit. I should have gotten an artist to draw me a bullseye thing. You know, the mark of your purpose. Okay? And I want to tell you, first of all, the Bible itself has described the way you got to earth. Okay? And you got to earth not because two people came together to do you know what, but you got to earth because you were first planned by God. Okay, so let's look at some scripture to help your mind get off the whole questions I just asked you. Let's go to Psalm 139 of verse 16. I'm not doing so much teaching as I am going to direct what you are going to help yourself to do. That's the whole thing of the coaching, right? So Psalm 139, verse 16. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. And I feel like I've already helped some of you just by asking you these questions. <laughs> and now I've left you hanging. <laughs> All right, okay. So Psalm 139, verse 16, Amplified Bible says, everybody with me here? Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me, when as yet there was not one of them even taking shape. So if you read, if you continue, I just pulled that one verse out, but you can read around that, okay? If some of you have heard me teach before, you hear me say this verse all the time, but let's break it down. First of all, God watched you being made. The reason he watched you being made is because you were a plan of his. So he was watching his plan being made, coming to life, okay, in a woman's womb. That's where it happens, in a woman's womb, okay? So we have to clear up all of the muddy information that's being shared concerning humans on earth. Let's go to a second scripture, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. So I feel like this Sharpie I'm going to throw away. Because it's not very bright. Ephesians 1. I just weed them out when I use them for woven once a month. Because <laughs> that's when we use them. Okay. And this is what the amplified version of Ephesians 1, 4 says. Just as in his love, he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own. Before the foundation of the world. So that we would be holy, that is, consecrated, set apart for him, purpose-driven, and blameless in his sight. And it's talking about in love. So before the couple that were in love came together to produce you, there was somebody that was already in love with you. That's why you're here. 
So the first people to love you were not your parents. It was God. It was the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They were the first ones to love you. If you can establish that in your head, your heart, your body, your soul, when you think about your life, if you can establish that fact and that truth about yourself, it will eliminate almost immediately the need to perform for human beings. If you can put in yourself, in every cell in your body, by the words you say and the thoughts you think about what I'm saying to you right now, that before anybody had the chance to fall in love with you, God already did. He had first dibs on you when nobody even knew you were showing up to the planet. Isn't that just like amazing? So before you could perform to show what you're capable of doing, he already loved you because he already knew what you could do. (laughs) And he didn't just love you because of what you could do. He loved you because he made you and he thought about making you. Do you ever think about making an apple pie? You know, like you're you're sitting in your chair again. You know what? I think I, I think I want to eat an apple pie. I've never thought about making an apple pie, but <laughs> whatever dish you consider, I think about. Maybe I'll make some curry. I can think about that, right? I'll make some curry. But the thing is, it's just a thought, right? But then you put it into practice. You start doing the action of the thing, and then you make it. And then now you could put, you could say, wait a minute, let me try it. You like it first. Test it. You test it out first and everything else before you hand it to somebody else. Or at least you're waiting for them to tell you what they think. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Even though you might have made it 500 million times, God made billions, 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 but he still looks at when you, he looked at in your mother's womb, he watched you being formed. This is why if a human comes out deformed, they can ask God to fix it because he would have wanted it fixed. He didn't make you that way. Do you know what I'm saying? But then they come out here and everybody tells them why it can't happen. That has nothing to do with it. There's no way in God's written plan for me there's a deformation. No way. There's no example of it in the Bible. And the people, the Bible was very specific to note when Jesus healed someone that was paralyzed from birth or that was blind from birth, right? Remember, it would note, it would say he was blind from birth. They were paralyzed from birth. It was very specific to say that. Why? Because they weren't supposed to be. So Jesus came and he fixed it. Do you see? Okay, that's just the beginning. So, are we good? The truth is, nobody has dibs on you but God. Not a single soul on this planet has dibs on you. I don't have dibs on my kids. God does. I am thankful to have the opportunity to bear them on this planet 
but I'm excited to see what God put inside of them and what he created them to be. That's my thing. See what I'm saying? I don't have dibs on them over God. Not a single, single time is it ever going to be that they have to choose between me and God. Never. Okay? So if I'm not going to do that to them, no other human gets to do that either. You have to set your life up that way. And only you can do that. See, this is a love action. So for somebody to make you do that, it will be an oxymoron. Because you won't really be doing it out of love. You'll be doing it out of compelling. That's abuse. That's like what abusive relationships are like. You have to do this. If you love me, you will do this. You notice God doesn't really do that. He doesn't make you do anything. He would like you to. We, are, we, we disciple each other to help share these points. You know, like, honestly, this is how, what, how God really feels about you. But see, the reason we have to do that is because everybody else told you other things about God. Can you imagine being bad-mouthing God, the one who created you, to you, and expect you not to say anything about it? That doesn't go too well. I read a, I read a fact the other day, a, a scientific thing. Actually, I shared it somewhere. I share things all the time. But it was uh, Mink. Uh, Mink? With uh, Annette Katz. Is it um, Len Mink? He's a minister. Yeah, a worship leader. Len and Kathy Mink. Okay. He was saying, I think it was him. Yeah, he was saying that when he got saved, he was an unbeliever and he was in music, in the music industry. And when he got saved, God radically started to show him information about music and frequencies and sound okay and so quantum physics and quantum mechanics is what i've been studying this past week it's just fascinating I love that stuff. so he was explaining that the only sound that the human body has no protection against entering their cells is music Anything put to music that you are around will enter your cells, enter your body at the cellular level, and your body has no guard against it. That you were actually designed that way. So, with that said, there is scripture that says God sings over us. Yeah, I wonder if somebody could find that. Look that up for me, whoever. God sings over us. So God is singing a tune over me that no environment I'm in, no, nothing can hinder it, including me. So God, what do you think God's singing over me? He's singing over me what he created me to be, like who I am. Isn't that something? So wouldn't it be great for you to say, God, open my ears so I can hear what you're singing about me. He wants you to know. Okay? So, here's what's true. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You, you cannot be on this earth and not have a purpose. It's impossible. The fact that you came here means you have a purpose. And you have a purpose in this time frame, right here in this time 
matter that we're in. And you have a purpose at the age you are in this time. So nobody gets to shut their ears off and say, well, this is for the young people, I'm too old. I don't think so. <laughs> okay? Because when God planned our life, he planned every decade. He planned it with time because he knew we would be in time. Because Psalm 139 says, before there was ever a day of it yet, which that's time, right? So he knew the age you would be listening to what I'm saying right now. So do not turn me off because you think you're too old. That is unacceptable. (laughs) Okay? You have a purpose. Now, so the first question I ask is, do you know your purpose? So with a show of hands, how many people do know their purpose? Because some people have done my classes, so they do know their purpose. So show of hands, who knows their purpose? All right, good, great. If you do not know your purpose, don't sweat it. It's okay. (laughs) Don't beat yourself up. I didn't show up in your life yet. I'm now getting to you. (laughs) Okay. My purpose. So here's how your purpose will sound, okay? My purpose is my purpose. My purpose is to help people find their purpose, but not just that, but to walk in it. Okay? So my purpose is to help people find their purpose and then... Take a little walk through life with their purpose. Okay? So that's how simple your purpose statement will look. All right? Now, this session that we're doing is not about helping you find your purpose. I know you're like, well, then what's the point? (laughs) Hold on. If I do that, it's going to take a lot more time. So here's what we'll do. I I took the entire thing that I did on purpose. The entire thing I do when I do one-on-one people, I put it in my book. The last is the last book I wrote. Well, second last book I wrote, the the Discover Your Purpose book, um, that orange book. Maybe you can grab a copy or something. Oh, it's on the back of the paper. Okay, that's literally the thing I use with people when I sit with them one-on-one. Okay, you could do that if you want. I'm not trying to sell books but it's in there, okay? Or you could keep going through this process with me and it will be revealed to you, all right? So you can do either one. Now, the purpose of this is, let's assume that you know your purpose. Now you cannot miss the mark of it. It has a target. Now, you don't have to know your purpose to know how not to miss the mark. So get that off this thing because it is universal to every person with a purpose. So what I'm gonna teach you applies to your purpose when you discover it. Does that make sense? So you're kind of coming in backwards, but that's kind of good because a lot of people know their purpose, but they never do it. So really, we've got both groups who know their purpose and those who don't, and those who are not learning how to do it. See, it's great. It's going to all work out. Don't worry about it. Are we good? Okay. So every, the first thing though you need to understand is you have an actual design for your purpose. So the way you think, the way you see things, the way you hear things, and the way you express yourself all has to do with what you're supposed to do. And it's meant to be attractive to the audience you were created for. But So here's what happens. If when you were a child, see, see, God set up a whole system This could have been automatic, but 
he created people like me because he knew it wouldn't be. So the parent was given the task with training up a child in the way they should go. So when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Now, a lot of people think, and it's not wrong thinking, but there's more to it than this. A lot of people think you're supposed to take your kids to church and let them learn about God. This is what trained up a child in the way you should go. That's just part of it. Nobody ever thought to help find out from God what this child is supposed to be doing and train them in it. That's the classes you enroll them in extra. That's the extracurricular activity you take them to, not what everybody else is doing. So with Gabriel, when he went on his first mission trip with a group of people we've never met, and he went, and he's there like the second day, he's talking to us, and I said to Doug, oh, my gosh, I think our child's called to be a missionary. Oh, my God. So that's what we're discussing for his trip there. So when he comes back and he's going to try to ease us into this whole conversation, we're already, I've already got a plan. I already had a plan all laid out. Because why? Because I'm the mother. And if God wants me to train him in the way he should go, he'll give me the teaching material. Check that out. <laughs> Isn't that something? So guess what else? Any child that you've been given the responsibility to train you will get privileged information on what this child is supposed to be because you're supposed to train them. So guess how everything comes in the kingdom? Everything in the kingdom of God comes by asking in order to receive. Right? Ask, it shall be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, the door will be open. This is a situation where you have to participate in your need to want it. That's it. Okay? So I already know what Josiah is going to do. Okay? And so we train him accordingly. I also knew that Gabriel was a born with the skills of a follower. So I trained him how to be a leader because you need both. You need to know how to follow and you need to know how to lead. You need to know how to follow God and you need to know how to lead in the things that he asks you. He said, uh, I will lead you follow, right? But then he expects us to go make fishers of men and he expects us to go make disciples all over the world, all of us, every believer. So we are to be followers and leaders. We have to follow God and we have to lead people somewhere. So you have to learn how to do both as a person, just as a person in general. So if you're training a child, you can see what their natural bent is and that's automatic and it's usually very over the top, like extreme, because it needs training. Fine-tuning, not squelching, fine-tuning. So then, so then the, the, um, the result of this training was, when he went on his first mission trip, we got a text from the leader and asked, 
what have you, how have you trained this child? I've never met any, a teenager, I've never met anybody, a teenager who can lead and follow at the same time, like without any, like, wow. We said, well, we just let him be himself from God. (laughs) But the point is, Josiah is a born leader. That takes a little different training than what I did with Gabriel. It's a whole lot of different training there. So, okay. So you see what I'm saying? But the point is, because if you are given the training of a child, it does not have to be your birth child. A child, you like all the kids at the orphanage, I should be able to know what God wants them to do so they can be trained in that direction. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's our responsibility to ask for those things. Does that make sense? Okay. So everybody convinced they were not an accident from some one-night stand or something. I mean, seriously. Even if you were birthed as a result of a rape, which I've met people who have, or a one-night stand or some bad um, abusive relationship or something, (laughs) you were sent to earth. God had to send you for you to come here. So it's not about the situation you were born in. You would have still come. Do you understand? You would have still been sent. You were needed on this earth when you came. Okay? So get all those situations of how you came out of your head because the devil uses every single thing he can to defeat you as early as he can. So he will do it by you always looking at where you are, where you began, where you started from. I don't think you can get any worse than a barn. I mean, there are people that have been worse than a barn, but I don't think anybody in here has been worse than a barn, okay? You know? (laughs) So if Jesus was born in today's time, he would have been signed up with the school counselor for um, rejection issues (laughs) to help him overcome rejection because of how he was birthed. Do you see how the devil will bring in all kinds of things to tell you have issues? We can be cleansed from these things by accepting God's love in the first place. Okay? So don't just accept God's love when you were born again. Accept God's love before you were conceived. Before anybody got to see you, God saw you, loved you. That's why he kept you as a plan and sent you. Remember, everything in the garden that he created, he looked at it and called it good before he left it and walked to the next thing. He had to call you and he had to call me good before he walked to the next person. This is the truth based on how we see that he has designed. You remember when he saw Adam by himself, he said it's not good. And he fixed it. Do you see? Well, he ain't going to fix it with half good women. God didn't fix a man not good by himself with a half good woman to make it up. No, we are completely whole. And remember, before he made Adam and Eve, he already had us planned. So he had Eve planned before he made Adam and Eve. (laughs) This is the truth. This is what the Bible says before the foundations of of the earth, right? Wouldn't the foundations have to be made before he made Adam and Eve? Okay, everybody clear? So as far as your purpose thing go, you fill that out. Okay, now measure your level of fulfillment in your life 
now. How many of you have under five as your level of fulfillment, feeling fulfilled, like something's not missing or something is missing? Five and below would be low. I mean, you don't have to raise your hands, but if you want, you could. (laughs) And five and above, you're heading in the right direction. How do we feel? Do we have any fives? Six? Six? Seven? Eight? All right. Nine? Ten? Okay. So how many are below five? Just raise your hand. I don't care what number it is. Okay. All right. All right, so that means that you might not have even touched your purpose. Or you touch it with guilt. Okay? If you are in a downward bent to being fulfilled in your life, it could be that you are guilty. You feel guilt when you try to do this thing that, okay, so your purpose you would love to do. When you do your purpose, you get fired up. You ever see Pastor Doug preach? You ever met him off the stage not preaching? You ever wonder, like, who are these two people? Okay. (laughs) There's an example right there. (laughs) Like, so we've gone to places, you know, and people are meeting us for the first time, and then they'll say, oh, so what are you doing? And Doug's like, I'm a preacher. And they're like, oh. And I just smile because I'm thinking, they're thinking, he sat here for 20 minutes, never said a word. And then when, when he finally speaks, he's a preacher like, there's no way. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So when, but when he's preaching, I mean, this is like it. Like, do you notice how many times I preach when Pastor Doug's here? Like zero. Because he loves what he's doing. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? So it, he, he's doing his thing. But what about if every time he wants to preach, you know, and he's trying to preach, I'm there putting guilt on him. Like, I can't believe you're spending all this time studying for these people. You know, like, I can't. Like, really? You're going to go preach again? Like, seriously? (laughs) Don't you think you should get a break and, like, give somebody a... Like, so what's going to start happening? If I keep doing that, like, every week, let's say I give him a break on one of the services, but one service every week, I'm always harping and carrying on. After a while, he'll feel guilty every time he's trying to do his thing. You see? So that's not good. So if you, if there's something you just love to do and it involves doing it for people, this is the key. It's like when you do this for people, you're just like, oh, this feels so good. Whether it's one-on-one, whether it's an audience, whether it's something you're putting out so people can be served by it, you know what I'm saying? And you just like, oh, this is going to be so great. But then every time you do it, you have to hide and do it. You have to do it, and you have these guilty feelings about it, okay? That's probably your purpose, but it's being hindered. Does that make sense? So you are not fulfilled because it's a fight every time. So you can't really get the full, you know, feelings of, because, like, if you get really excited and something happened, you got results, then who are you going to tell? Right? You remember when the people got healed in Jesus' time and stuff? When he, and he said, don't go to anybody. Well, that never worked. They were all so excited. <laughs> right? Well, when Jesus did his thing, he talked to the Father a lot. 
He was excited about the stuff he was doing, right? You notice how much time he slept and stuff? If you find that you have to sleep all the time and you're always exhausted and tired, you're not doing your thing. The majority of your time is spent not doing your thing. Does that make sense? Your purpose will energize you. So there's this dichotomy. You're tired from doing it, but then you're excited at the same time. (laughs) Right? So that's how you're going in the direction. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody, you guys getting something out of this? All right. So what we want your level of fulfillment in life to get up to a 10 and beyond. Okay? This is where we're heading with this. Don't tell me you're too old. Do not shut me down and tell me you're too old. I don't think so. Okay? My parents started the orphanage almost at their 60s. Let's see. They died when they were 70 and the orphanage turned 10 years that year. So they were 60 when they opened the orphanage with children that were not their own. (laughs) When they had grandkids that they could have stayed in America and watch and, and, you know, help us with. (laughs) Yeah. So you ain't too old. All right. Now, did you have a dream for your life when you were growing up? How many people could say they had a dream? Like they would daydream about stuff. Yep. No? What kind of? (laughs) When you would lay in your bed, wouldn't you daydream about something? Something? Anybody? No? Yeah? Right? And did you ever do it or anything like it? That's what this question is. Did, did you ever get to touch it? Is it still there, though? Do you, is it still something you want to do? No. So as me, I, I would daydream about pulling up a truck. First of all, owning a vehicle. The only thing I knew that was big enough was like a pickup truck type thing, but it was like a wagon. Because I didn't know pickup trucks existed or SUVs. I knew wagons existed because that's what my dad had and it had the big trunk, right? So I would daydream in my bed uh, during the day or whatever, I'm taking a nap and stuff. And I would daydream that someday I would own a vehicle as big as that. So I could open the tr- I could fill it up with fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And I could drive into a, a village and open it up, and the people can come have as much fried chicken as they want. That was my daydream. And I, I, I tell the story, and I say, well, I think I could do more than fried chicken today, and I am doing more than fried chicken. <laughs> We're not putting it in the back of a wagon. <laughs> do you see? But those things are like little clues to, to dropping things in you. That's all. That's the reason I'm saying that. So to give you a clue into what it is that you like to do, what you would like to do. I always wanted to be a bank teller because I thought that was the highest business position possible. Well, I grew up, you know, and I realized, well, it probably is not. There's more. But, you know, it had to do with money and business. So So as you get to know more of the world and what's available, your dream grows. You understand what I'm saying? But the point is the seeds of them give you clues. Right? So, uh... You know, so here I am with the highest business degree the person can get. So there, 
right? But God had dropped those things in me from when I was a child. So that's why I asked that question. Now, the thing is, if you still have a dream in you that you never got to touch and it's really bothering you, write it down. Okay? It's a dream. Write it down. Look how long it took Joseph for his dream to come true. And it came true big. Right? And it set his whole family line up for what God had planned. You see this? So these are not just things for us. These are things for the world, for God's people, for human beings at large. Okay? Everybody with me? We're on question four. Should you fulfill this dream or keep doing it? That's the question you want to ask yourself. Right? So how old are you, Miss, Miss Lisa, when you wanted to be a pilot? She was eight when she wanted to be a pilot. When did you start pilot school? Two years ago. I don't want to ask her how old she is, but two years ago. After she's got all four of her kids grown out of the house, they're in college, she is starting pilot school. Isn't that awesome? She actually flies in a plane up in the sky before she comes to church sometimes. Like, how cool is that? (laughs) How cool is that? And do you remember the first time she was telling me tonight, the first time she had a group session with the purpose thing that I put in the book, I did that as a group. And she was just like beyond herself because she didn't have a purpose. Like, I don't have a purpose. What are you talking about? I'm never going to figure it out. I can't believe. And then I would just tell her, just calm down. It's going to come. And it did. Do you see? So, (laughs) so what that is though, being a pilot is not her purpose, but her purpose involves being a pilot. Ah, so let's talk about this now. So I, having a doctorate in business is not my purpose, but having a doctorate in business involves my purpose. All right. So your purpose is never going to go away or change. Its use, though, could be altered based on your obedience to God's instructions. So where he puts you to fulfill assignments that involve your purpose requires your obedience to his instructions. Okay, does that make sense? So when I started my doctorate in 2019, the whole I was in prayer and Doug was out of the country. He was in Fiji doing a mission trip in Fiji. He was just suffering in Fiji for a mission trip. And, um, and so I was praying. I'm, whenever Doug is not there, it's gone. Like, I'm up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm just wide awake. Like, so that's when I, like, do stuff. God gives me new things. I'm just like, okay, what do I do? You know? So I uh, was Josiah born. Yeah, it was just really, So Josiah was with me. Yeah, he must have been sleeping. But anyway, I'm praying in tongues and just worshiping God. All of a sudden, I said out loud. I think I said out loud, I heard it out loud. I don't know if I said it out, but I heard it out loud. That I need to do my doctorate. I didn't obey 
18 years prior. That God asked me to do this doctorate 18 years before that. And I didn't obey. I went, oh my gosh. I never even heard it. How could I not have heard it? I'm just like beside myself. There is no way. Right away. So then Doug calls at that time. I said, hey Doug, by the way, I need to do a doctorate. (laughs) I need to do my doctorate. I was just praying. He goes, okay, sure. Sounds good. Whatever we got to do. I said that I do not want to take out a loan to do no doctorate. Like we're going to pay cash for this. So that's just what's going to happen. He's like, okay, sounds good to me. Do what you got to do. So that night I get on the computer and the last school type place I had spoken to was where I'd just taken the girls to um, Tulsa and there were all these schools represented. And this guy was having an in-depth conversation with me about a certain university and, and he had a master's and I had a master's. He was trying to get me to have a satellite location, you know, but they had a doctorate program. So that's who I knew. So I filled out the application and everything else. And, and three times I tried to press submit and it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Everything was right on the form because it would do a red thing if it was everything, but it just wouldn't go. So it was like midnight after midnight. So I said, well, let me look up other universities. Cause honestly, I don't know what's wrong with this one. Right? So I started researching everything else. And then I saw Liberty university, Regent university and all this. And then I saw Liberty university again and all that. So I just shut the computer down. And I'm tired tomorrow morning. I'll hit send. I went to sleep while I'm sleeping in my dreams. I saw all the information from that other university float off the sheet on my computer screen. Like I'm in a dream seeing this and they all just go onto the sheet of this other university. I went, Oh, no wonder I wouldn't send. So (laughs) first thing I woke up the next morning, guess what I did? I did what I saw in my dream. I took all the information off that sheet and put it over to the other sheet and hit send. And here, They had the degree that was perfect. The other place I was trying to morph together things to create a degree that I wanted. They already had it all set. Right? And then three years later, you guys all know the the miracle of how I got my dissertation done, all that. We won't go through all that. But God had already known all that happening. But here's the other thing. When you miss an instruction from God, he has a timing schedule to bring it back to your attention where it would fit into your life like it was supposed to be put there. So if God hadn't told me that I disobeyed 18 years prior, I would have never known that. I would have thought, oh, this is the perfect time that I should have done that degree. No, but he told me because we have that kind of relationship. So, so, but, but this also showed me that he couldn't tell me any other time in my life. It would have been totally a disaster because of the time, because I just wouldn't have been able to do it, right? But that day when he told me, like three weeks later, they started the thing. Do you see God's time? It's perfect, right? I did it debt-free. Let me tell you what happened. This is still, today I was looking at this. I don't know what happened. Honest to God, I have, every time I call the places, they have no record that go back that far. Okay, let me explain what happened. I'm telling you the honest truth. Our um, trash, water, um, another thing, like four or five utilities, right, that I auto pay. So I don't check the bills all the time because they're auto pay and I have to money. So <laughs> somewhere at the time when I was taking care of my mom and dad, 
And the time I decided to finally look at everything, this is years we're talking here, two years or something. Because I kept thinking, why are, my, why are my bills always a negative? They were negative, right? But then the negatives kept getting bigger and bigger. And I'm thinking, this is so odd. Like, it's one thing for you to, like, overpay by 10 bucks. To, okay, I finally decided to stop and look at all of them one day when I saw the bill, the negative was 900 and some dollars. And I'm thinking, this is just so weird. So I call the company, and they're telling me, yes, ma'am, I see. It's like 900 and one place was over $1,000. It was negative. I said, I know that there is no way I did that out of our bank account by, even by accident because it would have shown up. in my. I would have known I had that big of a negative in our bank account. But the point is I haven't touched these bills to change anything for all these years. It will have been auto-pay the same amount all the time, right? So they're going back in their records, and all of them told me just about the same thing. I'm sorry, ma'am. Our records don't go back that far. We had a new, we had new um, technology and the updates, so they didn't keep those records. We still can't explain how. I said, like, tell me what date, like what month did, I, did this big payment come in? So all this stuff, so, so literally... I received like over $1,000 more than that of checks that came in because they don't want to keep that big of a, of a thing on their thing for me. Like, they actually have rules of how much credit you can have. <laughs> I, yeah. So God, let this one tell you, when you do your purpose, it has nothing to do with your current situation. Honest to God, I'm a proof of that, like for real. I was, I'm still, there is still no answer on the earth, so that's fine with me. <laughs> Just going to let it go. But that's what happened. I mean, and I say it out loud to, like, families and stuff to see if anybody did it. Nobody did, because they didn't look guilty or anything. But <laughs> it's okay with me. Do you see how God can do things for us, right? So we, I was able to go to school debt-free. It just happened. Like, we don't know how it happened, but it happened. <laughs> Praise God. For a doctorate, that is the highest, the highest cost degree, highest cost degree, and God did it. Amen? Amen. So I personally would never want to put myself through that in a million years. I'm so glad it's done. <laughs> never would I want to do that again. But God has an assignment for me concerning purpose that requires this degree. Okay. I know that because I know what I know. You understand what I'm saying? So I have to be okay. If I decide to do the degree, guess what I got to decide to next? Accept the assignment. You see? So if God ever led you to train in something, be ready to listen for the assignment that goes with the thing. Because your purpose... So. For example, if I showed up in a place and there are 10 speakers, right, and they're all talking on their topic, I know what topic I'm going to talk about. If somebody called me up impromptu to talk, I know exactly what to talk about because it's who I am and what I do. Do you see what I'm saying? Your purpose is like that. That's your purpose. Like wherever you show up, when you show up, you do your thing. That's your thing. You see, if Miss Kelly shows up at an um, orchestra, 
We know the instrument she's going to be playing. <laughs> she knows the instrument she's going to be playing. It's not a mystery. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So it's this, it's, that's how your purpose is. So to kind of think of yourself as not as good as somebody else, you're right. You're not as good as them in their thing because that's their thing. But they're not as good as you in your thing. Do you see? This is how you have to think of yourself. And the reason you can think that is because you actually follow the instructions God's been giving you in your life, even if you didn't know what your purpose was. But if he told you, do this, do that, do that, then you know he's been prepping you. You see? He's been prepping you. Right? You know when, if you want to go visit the White House, it doesn't matter who's in it, but if you want to go visit the White House, (laughs) there are certain protocols because it is the White House, right? So the house itself has protocols. So even if you were a high-ranking level person, you still have to have the, the, the pass. You still have to have the things to show who you are and, and have the proper access paperwork to get in, right? It's the same thing with us and our purpose. Even though God knows that we can do this, if they just let us in, we can do it. He still wants us to be able to walk in without a problem so he'll tell you ahead of time get this degree do this thing get this thing do that and that's simply so to give you access right it's not so you'll be better at your purpose it's just to give you access <laughs> you're already good at it he he made you good at it like when he made you <laughs> right so when you use it okay this is like a phenomena. When you use your purpose, it seems to get better, but it's really not getting better. You're getting better at using it. Do you see? So you think you're getting better, but you're really not. You've always been that good. (laughs) What do you, can you handle that? You've actually been that good at it. It's just that you haven't used it. You see? You ever, put, you ever see an administrative person work at, do something? Like a person with administrative talent? Have you guys ever seen? Like you just know that's their thing. Like they would walk into a place, never met anybody, don't know a soul. But they see chaos. <laughs> and there needs to be order. And they just start doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Their purpose is to bring order to chaos, yes. Do you see how easy that is? So, anyway, so guess what will happen? So here's how the devil will use it, right? The devil will say, do you notice everywhere you go there's trouble? Do you notice that you're always in the middle of a mess? But if you know your purpose is to bring order, then you can, if you so choose to answer, I don't answer the devil, but if you want to, you can say, then I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Thank God they have me. Because we know who made the mess. (laughs) See what I'm saying? So this is, what I'm telling you is that 
the thing that you're really good at, you, we're still on question three or whatever, you have to make sure all guilt from doing it is removed from you. When I say removed from you, I mean from your mind, from your thought life, from anything you reprimanded yourself for because you did that again. Take it out of you. Take it away from you. Because that was not put there by God. Okay? All right. Um, Number five. Okay, this is an easy answer. You can answer this. Who is responsible to make the decision of doing or not doing something with your life? Do I have another answer besides me? But inside, who did you say if they let me? So you said me, but is there another inside voice saying, if blah, blah, blah. It needs to be a me, period, with a big exclamation point. It can't be me if I was smarter, me if my husband lets me, me if I didn't have all these kids, me, you understand what I'm saying? Me if I didn't feel sick, me if I didn't have, you understand what I'm saying? The responsible person for your life, period, it's always been, but when you came to the age of knowledge, is you. Because when we go to heaven, our husbands don't get to come in and chime in and say, well, God, let me explain. I made her do it. Nope, 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 nope. (laughs) No, no, no. When God came to the garden, he asked them all what happened. (laughs) All of them had to answer. Including the snake. Right? Okay. Do you know why? This is key. If you don't know why, you can't be confident of your answer in anything. Solomon had the wisdom he had and the depth of wisdom had people come to him because he knew the why. And he knew the how. So he knew how flowers were made, why they were made. He knew all that. Isn't that the question that God asked Job? Do you know how? Do you know when? Solomon knew. Because Solomon had the wisdom of God put in him. Job didn't. Right? So you need to know the why. Why are you the one responsible for your life? Why? Anybody geared to tell me? (laughs) I'll make it easy for you. Yes, ma'am. That's true. Yep. And God's the only one you have to answer to. When it comes to your life, okay? Not when it comes to your job and whatever relationship you've put yourself in, but when it comes to your life and what you do with your life, your life involves your time, your energy. Your gifting, your strengths, okay, that's your life, right? 
So, so he will tell you, you're the only one that will know what he wants you to do. He may reveal it to somebody to help you, but honestly, they will know the whole thing. They're just giving you a little starter, you know, little scraps. But the real thing is so much deeper than what we other people can see. But you are only, you only answer to God. <laughs> when it comes to your life, you answer to God. That's the one I care about, knowing that's who I want to get feedback from. You understand? Not if this person liked it or that person liked it or, oh, I really wish you would like what I do. No, I don't really. <laughs> but I don't hate people because they don't like what I do. Here's the perspective you have to have. They don't know what you were supposed to do. Like, seriously. They can't do what you're supposed to do because it wasn't given to them and they're not supposed to. Like they had their own thing to do. You see? So the key, a secret really is to help them do what they're supposed to do. So they're happy. You're happy. We're all happy. <laughs> see how it's going on here? We're all going to be so happy. <laughs> I think every woman's group should do this. If you're listening to me, every woman's group should do this. We have so many happy women, honestly. <laughs> Don't you think a lot of women feel so unfulfilled in their life? Because they're answering to the wrong person. They're answering to the wrong person. There is, I am an amazing wife. Ask my husband. <laughs> I mean, he was singing my praises before I came. I'm sure he has ulterior motive, but I like those motives anyway, so it's all right. So <laughs> but the thing is, that if somebody looked at our relationship, I am sure they would think I was not a good wife. I, I'm sure they would. I'm sure somebody would say, oh, my God, I can't believe like that's how she drinks. You know, or they may look at him and think that he's not a good husband. I can't believe how he just lets her tell him what to do. do you, it works for us. <laughs> I tell Doug what to do in the subjects that I'm really good at, and he tells me what to do in the subjects that he's really good at. The problem is people only see part of things, right? It depends what environment they're in with us. They will see a part of it. They'll see the part that I help Doug with, or they'll see the part that he helps me with. You understand what I'm saying? So then, to everybody else analyzing an entire 25-year-old marriage, this, they come up with these things, right? I never forget when we just came here. This is so funny. Mind you, I was 20 years younger. So I haven't been quite, I hadn't been quite polished as I am today. But anyway, so uh, my training was in business America, you know, where you got to stand up, you know, and show yourself. So we invited these pastors from the community. Uh, some of them are not even here anymore. They passed away and stuff. So they, all of them, you know, to our house to have dinner. I made dinner. And... Ah, we're talking traditional. I've never met, you know, some of the traditions that we met, which is, it's not bad. I mean, they're great people. I love them. And so I remember I was getting up to go in the kitchen to get, so mind you, I'm doing all the stuff. Like Doug's sitting there chatting with them. He helped me, but when they came, you know, he's having a conversation with these guys. I'm getting up back and forth, you know, and I must have said something to Doug, like maybe asked him a question or something. All of a sudden, this pastor says, I wonder who wears the pants. As he stopped when he, his wife must have squeezed his hand or something, but he stopped mid-sentence. 
And I smiled. I said, I know, I know, I know. You want to know, don't you? Well, right now I also have on pants. But I think your big question was, I wonder who wears the pants in this family. <laughs> and he was like, oh. I said, I know. I know. Everybody wants to know. So you know what I decided? I'm going to wear pants too. Here, I have on pants too. <laughs> like we just like. <laughs> and it, it went away. Everybody started laughing. We had a good time. You know what I'm saying? But I could have easily gotten uptight. I'm like, I can't believe that he came into my house and judged me and said I was. Who got time for that? That's stupid. Do you know what I'm saying? Based on his traditions and how he was raised and the environment he grew up in, it looked really weird. Something looked weird. I still don't know what looked weird, but something looked weird to the man that he had to like just speak up. And I was like, and then he caught himself. I mean, I'm sure his wife was squeezing his leg under the table because he was like frozen. And Doug and I, we just finished the sentence and started laughing. You know what I'm saying? So when you know who you are, when you're, when you're secure in these things, you don't, don't get mad at people. Just, just let it roll off. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so, all right. So, so the why, everybody got the why? Are you guys still with me? Or are you like ready to go home? Okay. I don't know if anybody's online, but they'll watch it later. No big deal. Okay. <laughs> Okay, this one you're probably going to have to do at home or whenever, right? This is, some of this is homework, but I'm going to go through it so you understand. List your giftings, right? So a gifting is something that you're really good at that you don't really have to like learn like everybody else does, right? That's the first level where you just kind of know how to do it. But then there's other levels where you actually trained and you learn how to do something, right? So you want to buy Miss Rose. So you want to list those things as well. Here's why that's important. Your giftings, knowing what you're really good at, what you've been training, will help you to click in when God asks you to do something. To go somewhere with your purpose, right? He will, you, when he says, I want you to go over there and do that, you won't panic. Like, I don't think I know how to do that. You know what I'm saying? You've taken inventory and you're like, wait, yeah, I, I remember learning how to do that like 10 years ago. I think I can remember. Do you see what I'm saying? So it, the giftings, so the Bible says your, your gift will make room for you. But when you go in the room, you're doing your purpose with the gift. Does that make sense? So my purpose is to help people with their purpose. So I'm at the gym working out, and I was supposed to be in a group class. Turns out I'm the only one in the group. So, I'm like, you know... I'd really rather work out by myself with my headphones in listening to quantum physics. Like, seriously, I don't really want to be like, have somebody stand there, watch me do 10 sit-ups and, you know. And these workouts are usually really, really tough. This is the tough one. So it's a whole group and, I mean, it's like crazy. Like I was doing, for a minute and a half, squats with a weight like this. For a minute, I mean, the whole thing, right? For a minute and a half, and that's just round one. There's four rounds. Okay. So <laughs> then... That's just one exercise. Then they had this box, and I had to climb up the box for a minute and a half and climb down, climb up from, I mean, like, you know, I'm this, you know, nice guy just watching, waiting for me to finish climbing up and down the box. So I'm like, you know, so I'm doing a plank. You know, you're on the plank. Technically, a minute and a half you're supposed to do. Well, you're supposed to take a break, but I did the minute and a half. I was just like, let's just get over this. But the second round, I was like, I got to talk or do something with this dude because I can't just like sit here and listen to this crazy music. 
So I said, hey, so what, what, is this what you do or what, what's your plan for the rest of your life? Because he is young. He goes, oh, and he was surprised that I asked that because nobody really just says hi to you and say, hey, what's the plan for the rest of your life? But I can because it's my thing. And so he told me his whole plan for the rest of his life. And I gave him like two or three pointers. And he was like so excited, like, thank you. No problem, it's what I do. <laughs> now about this workout, I'm just doing two rounds, that's it. <laughs> Does that give you credit for having a class? He goes, yeah. I said, good, that's all. I'll give you credit for having a class. We'll just, let's work it down. This out. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? My point is, I see how my purpose worked right there? Because that's what I do, right? And I know that. So I know how to do it. Does that make sense? So this is how your purpose works. It's portable. It can work anywhere. It's completely portable. Jesus did his thing everywhere. So Jesus' final assignment for his purpose, which is to be the way, the truth, the life, like, go, he tells, I am the way, I am the truth. That's his purpose. Uh, you know, No one can go. His ultimate thing is nobody's going to the Father except through me. That's, I'm here to make sure that this bull stuff here stops. All this killing of these bulls and sheep and everything, done. The only way you get into the Father now is through me. So he had to fulfill an assignment to get that done, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So his purpose to be the Savior of the world involved him getting on the cross sinless. He had to make sure he got there sinless. And the Bible tells us that he was tempted in every way known to man. So I'm sure back then there were pretty girls with their bellies hanging out because that was what they wore back then and all the jewelry and their dancing were like, you know, probably more um, seductive than what we see today. But Jesus went to the cross sinless. Okay? When you know your purpose, it's harder to sin. When you know your purpose, it's harder to sin because you have a target. Remember, we're still talking about not missing the mark. You have a focus. If I sent my son off to college, he has no focus. He doesn't know what he wants to do. don't even know what subject he's supposed to study. He, he, it leaves room for him to sin easier because he doesn't know anything. So whatever, any person can come and, you know, do whatever. He's a boy. Thank God he's not in this group. So anyway, I have to tell him I talked about him after. But <laughs> I mean, I got to talk about my my customers, <laughs> the ones closest to me here, my kids. But my point is, when, you, when we send our kids off without a plan for their life, at least one started. We're not going to give them the whole plan. You know, God has the final thing. They have it in them, too. But you've got to get them started until they learn it for themselves, okay? This is where a lot of adults end up falling apart. Like, you know, 40 years ago, it would have been nice, right? So if we, if we have our purpose known, we have a target in our life that we know we're going to hit every time we go somewhere. Doug and I go on vacation. I end up telling somebody how to do this, 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 this. Wow. Thank you. No problem. I'm here to just relax. 
No problem. <laughs> right? So that's how you know your thing. Think back to the think back to the impromptu conversations you have with people, just some stranger you met somewhere. And here's the thing. Sometimes it's easier to do it with strangers because they have no judgments. They don't know anything about you. There's a clue, too, for you to know what just comes naturally when nobody knows anything about you. Everybody with me still? So you're going to list all your giftings, and then you're going to identify the ones that you are currently using regularly. And the ones you're not, you need to ask God, why? (laughs) Because your gifts are going to make room for you. So it could be that it's not time yet for that. Or it could be that you have some kind of issue surrounding that gift, how, how you got it or whatever. You know, there might be trauma attached to it or something. But either way, clear it up with you and God. Because if he calls you to do your purpose with it, then you're going to have, you're going to, it's going to be easier to say no. Does that make sense? All right, we're getting closer. Number three. This is section two. Okay, when you think about your future, what thoughts do you have about it? So this kind of goes with the fulfillment of life thing, you know, the zero to ten. So look at it this way. When you think about your future, like what are you thinking thoughts of like, wow, I could see. Because think about this. When Abraham, when God was telling Abraham about his future, right, he always showed him things he could see. But behind the things he could see, there was more. But Abraham could only see for now what he could see. Does that make sense? So that pattern shows me that we have, a, we have a certain distance that we can see into the future for ourselves that God will show us. So we will automatically start thinking in the future so many years ahead based on that idea, right? But the question is, who's got us thinking about the future, God or the devil? You understand what I'm saying? So your thoughts of the future is going to tell you who you are patterning yourself to have a future for. Nobody's ever asked you these questions, have they? These are the questions. People do this stuff. You think about your future, don't you? But you've never asked yourself about what you've been thinking about, and nobody's ever asked you. So I'm asking you. Right? If your future looks anything but bright, then you need to drop the darkness. Because remember, none of that happened yet. None of it's happened yet. Everything can change. Every single thing can change. But if you are looking at it from the perspective that you are now, and the perspective has darkness in it, then you are automatically making a target for a dark future. You have set the target yourself. God didn't put it there. The devil didn't even put it there. You put it there. Right? 
If Abraham had kept thinking about the future the way he was, he would have been out of God's will. Would he not? Because his thoughts were that his um, his um, servant's son would take over the family thing and all this stuff, right? And God said, ah, oh, no, no. And then he missed it again. When he thought Ishmael would be the future. God, no, no, no. Your future involves your wife, your rightful wife, Sarah. Yeah, that's what it involves. Yeah. You see? But look, by the time God corrected Abraham, it was too late in the natural for that type of future. But then, did it happen? Yeah. Because if he had to correct us, he can also correct the things that got, you know, kind of like decayed while we missed it. He can correct that too. You see? Do you remember I told you you're not too old? Yeah. All right. Just saying. <laughs> so God's time is out of time. He, he doesn't think in time. We do. And the devil makes us think in that time. He, the devil funnels your thoughts in that. So when God's telling me, I missed, imagine I missed an instruction by 18 years. That ain't something you want to hear every day. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, the first thing I did, though, was I repented. I repented for missing an instruction, even though I could not tell, I couldn't remember ever hearing it. But it doesn't matter. If God said, I missed an instruction from him, it meant that he was clear when he gave me the instruction, and I blatantly didn't do it. So I go on God's records. Your records are right. So I repented because what that did was that put me back in right standing concerning that instruction. So the devil has nothing on me for missing that instruction. Right? So I didn't turn around and beat myself up. No, honey. I know about forgiveness and repentance. So I turned around and repented and thanked God for having my back and bringing it back around to me. That's what I did. Do you see? Don't ever start judging yourself and talking bad about yourself and saying you're a terrible person because you missed something. Say, thank you, God. Repent right away. And that puts you right back like it never happened. And that's a slap in the devil's face because he had you going there. Imagine 18 years. I was doing this 18 years. I could have been Dr. Fiona. <laughs> anyway, the other thing about that, I had a hard time accepting being called Dr. Fiona. Here's why. Because I've been around people who would talk about people who, well, who do they think they are? Everybody's got to call them Dr. Fiona. I didn't say anything about it, but I was around that environment right of people thinking they're they're this and they're that because they want to be called something well honey after i went through the program i said i've earned every ounce of that (laughs) but i still had a hard time and that's when the lord showed me to not accept the label i gave you is pride i didn't want to be dr fiona with everything in me because it's a lot 
And but I did it because God wanted me to. So because he wanted me to, he has a reason. And I have to honor his reason because I'm his vessel. I'm nobody else's vessel. So I can't, I can't um, deny him one of his vessels having that title. That's, this is the way I look at it. <laughs> so that all glory goes to God. Amen. And then, um, which of those thoughts give you sick? Okay, this is the big one. This, this is homework. You're going to do this for homework. Which of these thoughts that you have, you know, all the beautiful thoughts we just talked about, you're going to break them down and you're going to make a security list, the ones that make you confident. And you're going to make an insecurities list, the ones that make you not want to do things. Right? And what you're going to do is here, you're going to catch the thief. This isn't, do not look at this list and beat yourself up. Look at this list and beat the devil up. Like for real. You're going to catch the thief. You're going to catch the thief that have given you mindsets that have nothing to do with God's plan for your life. And when we, and, and it comes in thoughts, that's why I'm telling you about what you're thinking about, right? And the Bible gives us the authority to arrest every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ. And the knowledge of Christ concerning your life is an important thing. So if there's a thought in you that is coming against the will of God for your life, you have the right to arrest it. You have the right to arrest it for yourself. Right? Somebody can't come into my life and arrest my thoughts for me. I have to do it. It would be like, you know, the police have jurisdiction. Like, you know, police from another country can't come into another country and say, I arrest you. There's no power there for that, right? So it's the same thing with your life and my life. We have to arrest the thoughts in our own life. It's our responsibility, right? Are we good? Did you guys learn something? So take this home. We have the group. If you are on Facebook, if you take your phone, you can scan this QR code. Did we talk about that? Uh, you can scan this QR code, and it will put you in our group where this is being played. And this is where I'm going to answer questions about this. And I might do a little mini video. So you want to be in the group if you can. I mean, if you have Facebook. If you don't, it's okay. You can ask me when you see me because you're here live. So um, questions. I give you so much. This is a lot. How long did we go for? An hour and a half, maybe? It's, it's 8 o'clock, though. We're good. Right. So the thoughts you have about your future, you're going to see. Because the past, let it go. Here's what's going to happen. All the thoughts from the past that you didn't arrest, they're heading in your future. So the, the future list captures all of them. You don't have to go back into the past. It's going with you, honey. It's packed in the suitcase and it's traveling. So, so this, is, this is customs. This is the custom agent saying, do you have any live animals or plants in your suitcase? I want to see what they are. Show them. This right here is what that is. You understand what I'm saying? 
So, so don't be embarrassed by what you find. Don't be embarrassed by it. Arrest the devil. It's the devil's thought. Arrest it. Take it out of you. Say, this doesn't belong to me. Uh-uh. You going. You going, going, gone. Get the word of God on it. If you, if, if, if all you know to do is read Psalm 139 and Ephesians 1, 4, read them out loud. Say, this is who I am. Thank you very much. Go. Does that make sense? I mean, I remember the day when I was bawling. I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to do. What, you know, I got all this, I had all these things I knew how to do. And I was just being shoved down and pushed all kinds of people around crazy can you imagine handling somebody like me i was just like ah and then everybody would just shut me down and i was just like i didn't know what i was supposed to do i didn't know what my future like i didn't know what my reason for being in life i didn't know what i was supposed to do and then i got married oh my god that was even worse i was like oh gee (laughs) because because i was always an independent woman so i always knew what i wanted you know before marriage i knew exactly what i wanted to do how i was going to do it when i was going to do it what so then i got married i'm like oh shoot i'm supposed to like submit i think like how do you do that and what is that i mean doug is like so easy going he has nothing to say to me like he's never told me anything i'm like trying to figure out how do i and then one day i said to him he goes my gosh like i don't think those thoughts like seriously <laughs> But here's what happened. I was watching all the people around me and all these wives and what they did. And I was like trying my best. I remember there was this ladies meeting at the church and this guest speaker came in. It was so funny. This guest speaker came in. She has no idea who I am. And because we had just started going there, I think. So like she knew some of the other ladies because she'd been there several times. But she'd never met me. Right. So I go up to the altar. I didn't even want to go to the thing that night because I was like, whatever. So I go to the altar. She comes and prays for me, and she starts crying for me. I'm standing there like, uh-huh. And she's like bawling. I'm just like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and she prays, oh, Lord, thank you that she will spend more time with you. And she's like telling me what I'm supposed to do, but she's praying it. Right? <laughs> and she will not do this, and she will do that. But I'm like, okay. I go back to my seat. <laughs> and she's like bawling. Because apparently, I must have had it all over me when I wasn't doing. Anyway, <laughs> but God must have deposited something in me. You understand what I'm saying? And then from there on and stuff, and I started working things out, blah, 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 blah. But sometimes you have to work out who you are when you go in a new environment. That's the reason why I say all that. Because who you were functioning fine when you were a certain thing. Then you change positions in life or you change, you know, you, you, your life changed. And now you're trying to be that thing the way you were when you were in that place. You understand what I'm saying? And, and if you don't know that that thing you were doing all the time is really you, you think you have to drop it to become something new. You understand what I'm saying? So that's where a lot, of, especially women, end up losing it. So if I, so I know better now, but I, I learned it early. It didn't take me a long time in the marriage to figure it out. But you could t- your purpose is portable. All you have to do then is be secure in it and people will love it coming from you how you are. That's the point, right? That's where the insecurity thing will help you to see what you've been putting as a dark cloud over your purpose. And, you know, um, in some cases you may be hoping 
that something doesn't work out so that it gives you a reason not to do it, not to do your purpose. Did I just catch you? So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, that, so if you find that you are giving a reason why you can't do something that you know you're supposed to do, it's one thing to not do something because it's a choice. You know, like, do you want to go to this dinner or not? Nah, I don't really want to. Okay, that's fine. But when it comes to your purpose, if you keep saying reasons why you can't, that's something you need to address. That's something you need to address because you're hiding something. And I will find it now. <laughs> Did this help you guys? Is it going to help your kids, your grandkids, and whoever else you help? They're great, great. You don't, don't let your kids grow up without knowing what they're supposed to be. God will tell you if you ask. He will totally tell you. He'll tell on them. And he'll give you a second chance to train. Don't worry about that. You missed it or whatever. No, 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 no. There's a prayer that I talked about praying for, on Mother's Day that you can pray that the fruit of my womb does not serve the devil for a day. Never. I did not birth somebody out of my womb so the devil gets to use that vessel. I don't think so. You can speak that throughout the generations because they're still the fruit of your womb. Right? And you take, you do it. You have the right to do that with your body. Even if it was adopted, an adopted child, they were given to you. They became a fruit of your womb, you know, in that way. So, everybody okay? It was a lot, but I think you'll live. (laughs) All right. Huh? Yes. Uh, Should we continue with this next month? Right? In the group, ask me questions. Um, and I will answer because as you're doing this, you're going to find more things and you're going to have questions and stuff. That's what the whole point. I, I made a group up so we can keep in contact the whole time. So you're not just like coming back a month later and like, what do we do? <laughs> this is a this is a kindling. You know, you're in the right direction. If you if you desperately you could even browse my book. I think online you can get it um, a sample on Kindle. You can even just go in the bookstore yourself, stand right there, browse it. I don't know. Take pictures of it. I don't care if you don't have the money to buy the book. Honestly, it's not. <laughs> it's just, but that book has all the questions that I ask to help you get to your purpose. When your purpose definition will be... Do you remember? <laughs> she's laughing too much. Do you know your purpose definition off the top of your head? Okay. Abby will tell you her purpose definition. Um, bring And if you ever talk to Abby and ask for something, she'll teach you it. She doesn't even know. Yep. And she'll be happy laughing like that when she does it. And you're like, well, thank you. Wow. I was just, that's great. So, you see, do you remember yours? Right? So, they're portable. You see what I'm saying? Like, Abby could do that in the middle of the desert with a bunch of kids that show up, or adults, another human being that shows up. Our, our purpose helps humans. So even if you build something, it's still going to help. It's designed to help people. You understand what I'm saying? 
Are you, are you guys, you're saying, it sounds so like, no, there's no way I could know my purpose. Yes, you can. It, you, you are actually the one that knows it more than anybody else. We just see glimpses of it when we see it in church on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever. But the whole time, if somebody's around for 24 hours, they'll tell you what it is because you do it instinctively. You see what I'm saying? So that's another way to like, ask people, hey, what do you think I do naturally that you really love that I do? There's a good thing. Yeah. Right? So uh, your purpose will irritate people who work for the devil. Yes. <laughs> you should know that too. So that's another way to know it. It'll really irritate them. Like it'll make them really mad. Abusive men hates me, hate me. Because abuse, here's why. Abuse is a misuse of purpose. That's what abuse is. I shouldn't say abusive man, any abusive person, male or female. They'll try to manipulate me to be their friend, to get me to do something. And as soon as I don't, boom, it shifts like that. I let them go. I let them do it, hoping that they'll change. Just I, I don't arrest. Just when they decide, then they can do it. But, but I know that, right? But if I didn't know that, I would feel really beaten up in life, right? Because <laughs> it only shows up when I do my purpose. So I would stop doing my purpose not to make them mad. Does that make sense? So um, I've learned to finesse around it. So, uh, you, but you can master this. This is what I'm, I'm just saying this to tell you this. You can master this, that you, you become so good at it that you can go through a crowd and you can't be attacked before time like Jesus did, right? They were trying to crucify him before time and he just went through. Like, where did he go? We're supposed to throw him off a cliff. Every time the devil tries to throw you off a cliff, it doesn't work. You see what I'm saying? So don't ever shy away from doing your purpose because somebody's ridiculing you for it. You just turn up the heat on it. That's all. But never do it out of um, vengeance. That's when you break the love walk, and that's when the devil gets you. Love never fails. So you never break the love walk. Always walk in love. It can go anywhere. It can go. So your purpose can go in any position, on any subject, in any location. That's what your purpose can do. So your purpose will never be to be an accountant. That's why you can't outgrow your Right. So you know this, Abby does, her purpose does things through te- teaching, which is her gifting. It's teaching, right? But it doesn't mean that she has to be a teacher to do it. She'll just teach while she's doing it. You know, like... I don't, I don't have to be a guidance counselor to help people discover their purpose. You understand what I'm saying? If we were to put purposes in a box, that's what I'd have to have that position only, like a guidance counselor, the highest I could go in some college somewhere. Let me help you with your future. No. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So never lock your purpose. Don't think of it as a job. It's not a job. It is not locked into a position. It is portable. God needs to take you, your gift, your purpose, and move you in any assignment he needs you in. Just like that. And your assignments can happen where you are now, like your jobs and everything. It could happen in those. You're just going to be given doing an assignment. I, I, drove six, I had to drive 12 hours in Tennessee to come home when I was in college. 
this is before I even knew all the depths I know now of my purpose. So I'm driving by myself for 12 hours to come to Pennsylvania from Tennessee. That is like a disaster waiting to happen because, first of all, I get tired when I'm alone for too long because I get energized by being around people. It's going to take me a while to wind down tonight because, whoo, I've been around all these people. So, <laughs> so what happened is this trip, I never forget it. I drove six hours. I'm just like trying to get to Pennsylvania. I'm like, I'm driving. So I drove six hours. Finally, the car needs gas, so I have to stop. So I stop at a, at a rest stop. And I'm by myself, so I go to get coffee, and there's one person there. I don't even remember if it's a man or woman, honestly. One person there, and I said, hello. <laughs> and the person proceeded to tell me their entire life history. Like, in five minutes. It was just the five minutes. And they told me everything and all. And it wasn't a bad sob story. They just told me everything. And I answered, I helped them. I, like, fixed the problem for them. And they were so thankful and so happy. And then they're like, well, what's your name? I'm like, what's your name? I'm like, it's nice to meet you. You have a great rest of the trip. Fantastic. I tell you, for the next six hours, I was so awake. I was like so energized. Do you see? Oh, God. So if I was shy and I don't like to talk to strangers and I just don't want anybody to even know I'm in the room, that would have not worked out too well for me or for the person, right? So this is why any kind of hindrance that the devil puts on you you have to knock it off because it's not how god designed you to work miss nadine used to be afraid to if 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 i said to miss nadine the two of them are sitting here could you please pray and ask her to pray out loud she would have had a (laughs) fainting spell (laughs) for real right that's how miss nadine was when we first met now look at her she's doing live videos on on social media (laughs) you see what i'm saying so we're not designed to have all these insecurities. We're, we're designed to have zero insecurity because God is not insecure. God is a firm foundation. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Because of my age, I definitely have missed a lot in life. Mm-hmm. I would have never made it. I would have never made it. Anyway. Yeah. So is it okay? I have a desire to do something that is specifically for the kingdom of God. I hope. Well, if he did, you need to ask him. And then the next question is, what training do you need me to do? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So ask him for training. But before you do all that, you should just repent. For not doing what you're supposed to do, all the missed assignments. Well, what I'm seeking now, I would not have thought that. But what I'm saying is, if you think that you've missed things in the past, you know, and now you're trying to do. Yeah, right. But I, here's what, so I'll tell you my model. If God brings something to my attention that he would like me to do something, and I realize, oh my gosh, I could have been doing this like 50 years ago. My first step is to repent. The reason is, it brings me back. In square one, like it never happened, like the error never occurred. But what I'm seeking now, what I'm driving now, would not have been my desire 40 years ago. Okay, well, it's between you and God. So I would ask him, right? So if, you, if he gives you that assignment, he will train you for it. 
don't do it untrained because it'll be botched. So he has to train you for it in order for you to do it. And the training comes by instruction. Go here, do this, see that, read this book, listen to this person, blah, 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 blah. That's how the training comes. All right, are we good? Let's pray. Got to get you out of here. Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that the words I've spoken are seeds that will bring forth much fruit in these lives that have heard it, Father. We activate the anointing of God that destroys yokes and bondages and sets captives free. And I command every mind-binding, every chain uh, tying up evil spirit or evil intention to be removed from these lives in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus that has already secured the victory. And I speak that every person that pursues this that we've talked about tonight, they will have the knowledge of what you created them to do and who you call them to be. And everything in them that you've put in them will be activated for a time as this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, ladies.